one. Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning to um, the Clown Hour podcast. As you can see, we got video. Um, <laughs> I'm Scott Burks. This is my man, the Wayne Nash here, my co-pilot and sports fan in Christ, as we like to say. Um, you can check him out on all things uh, the Yard HBCU Sports, where on his blog, where he talks about all things HBCU Sports, as well as Sleazy Radio every Tuesday night on Facebook Live. You can check him out on HeroSports.com as well. So we're going to get into live NBA tonight. And before we get into that, and some NFL as well, I'm going to show you my merch. Yeah? Ah, we got merchandise. Okay. I'm going to the merch business. So basically, it's on CafePress.com backslash the clown times that's clown spelled with k and it's all one word no dashes no hyphens there it is and you can okay. find me on facebook as well on uh just go to the search window type in the clown times again it's clown spelled with k you'll find me there speaking of the clown times that's my sports blog www.theclowntimes.net and feel free to subscribe to the blog so you can get like updates on the blog as far as new posts the podcast and everything else. So we're going to get right to it, uh, Dwayne. So basically, um, first of all, how are you doing? <laughs> Man, I am wonderful. You know, the weather's starting to get the way that I enjoy it. Uh -huh. You know, nice and crisp outside. Mm -hmm. um, but outside of that, man, you know, just getting used to, uh, <laughs> I know it's been March, right? I know it's yeah. been nine months, right? Right, 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 right. still getting used to doing video, even though I do Facebook lives on a weekly basis, yeah, using Zoom is still something that you know I'm still getting accustomed to. And mm. then I know this being our, um, our, our Apollo mission, I, I guess. <laughs> I'm nervous <laughs> as hell, man. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm nervous as hell because, you know, I, like a like a Murphy's law applies to my ass every which way possible. <laughs> I know some shit's gonna go wrong. I know it. I'm I'm not a pessimist, but I'm a pragmatist. You know what I'm saying? It is what it is. We have it have it where it be. You see me in my in my sunroom where I work during the day. Um, so <laughs> it's all good. It's it's all good. We'll have some fun. So speaking of fun, NBA draft. Yes. We watching the NBA draft right now. We saw who went first overall. Anthony Edwards out of Georgia went to um uh um the, the, like uh, like, like uh, went to the Timberwolves, the first pick in the draft, followed by James Wiseman from mm -hmm. Memphis. I love that pick by the way for uh, Golden State. Uh, Wiseman could do it all. Too bad the NCAA tried to fuck him over in this way. But oh, of course. Good for him, but good for him. He's getting paid. He's going to get paid. <laughs> and he's coming out big time in a great situation in Golden State. So God bless him. What I'm intrigued about is the pick number three. Mm. LaMelo Ball. Okay. To the Charlotte Hornets. Now, yes. people, now, I joked on Twitter earlier that LeVar Ball's worst nightmare is about to come true. <laughs> 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 Having him in little ass Charlotte, right, with Michael Jordan, um, the greatest, one, one of the greatest of all time, I think my greatest is, my, my, my goal is Magic Johnson, as I always like to say. But nevertheless, um, that's going to be interesting. I mean, hell, Charlotte needs the star power. They got the star power in, in, in LaMelo. The guy, the guy can the, the young man can ball. He has skills. He has talent. I'm just thinking about the LaVar Ball wild card, right? Mm. How's how is he gonna play? Is he gonna play as a Michael Jordan? And also, will that give us the long-awaited Michael Jordan versus 
LeVar Ball, one-on-one matchup we've been dying to see ever since LeVar ran off his damn mouth a few years ago when they drafted uh, – when, when actually when Lazo was drafted by the L.A. Lakers. Two years yes. Ago. Well, to answer the latter question, my God, I hope so. And I hope <laughs> – I'm praying that Mike instigates that entire situation. Oh, you know he is. I, 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 you know I want, he is. I want Mike to keep coming at, at Le, LeVar as hard and as often as yes. possible to get this thing going to hopefully televise it or record it, put it on YouTube, put it on social media. I don't care how we get the chance to see it. I just wanted to see the embarrassment happen. My <laughs> other, to answer the other question, part of the yeah, question, yeah. Um, as it pertains to, um, why about to call him LaMelo? Um, yeah, because it is LaMelo. Yeah. As it pertains to LaMelo, um, yeah. I keep mixing LaMelo and Lazo. And Leangelo uh, together. Oh, Leangelo, yeah. But unfortunately, of course, Leangelo is the one that's in the D-League. Right. Um, LaMelo, hopefully he's learned from his older brother. Right. And hopefully he's learned to respectfully tell his dad, hey, allow me to handle this. Right. You no, know, I, 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 I can't deal with your interference the way that it started off with, with, um, <laughs> with, 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 with Lonzo in the beginning. Yeah. Right. So if we can go ahead, if he can go ahead and do that, that'll be wonderful. Um, and, and it's a possibility that being in a smaller market helps out because right. uh, along with uh, uh, Melo wanting to, uh, not wanting to be, but along with Melo being more independent over the, the past season, being in New Orleans, we haven't heard anything from LeVar. So my hope right. is that the, the, the small market, along with uh, uh, being independent, is a byproduct of that. You know what? Being in New Orleans, talking about Lonzo now, being in New Orleans is a blessing in disguise for that young brother. I mean, he started coming to his own. He's, he, he, like, he's a new dad, new-ish mm-hmm. now dad. Uh, and you saw that, I think you saw that clip, right, when he and LaVar were kind of going at it verbally and yes. on, 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 on the reality show, which was kind of a sad moment, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Lonzo said, all right. He's like, okay. He had that look on his face, like you want to tell your pops, you want to tell pops to shut the fuck up and go somewhere, but he couldn't say it. Of course, he had that look on his face. We all had that. I had that look with my pops. I'm sure you had that look with your mom and pops. I, um, I, I, I just had it Sunday. Oh, <laughs> and you're allowed to tell about it. So there you go. Um, but, but it was done in a peaceful manner. Okay. So, yeah. It was okay. just a lot of dispute over football. But I oh, well, yeah. Okay. It's not personal. Good. Okay, gotcha. Um, but that was a real, that was a real moment right there. So hopefully, yeah. I don't think Lavar is going to do it because Lavar is Lavar. I don't think I think it's going to run from his mouth. I think it's going to just go to uh, Time Warner, uh, you know, Spectrum Center, wherever the hell Charlotte's playing these days with the call of the arena. It was mm-hmm. Time Warner, I think that's Spectrum uh, Center. Um, but the thing is, is that I, you, you figure you, he learned from Lonzo, yeah. right? Lonzo's now just starting to get himself together. He started mm-hmm. to play better before COVID happened and mm-hmm. the bubble didn't, he didn't have a good bubble. I mean, not many people had a good bubble outside the Lakers and a few other teams anyway. But the point is, is that he actually did his thing. It was doing his thing. I think it's going to get better. He corrected the shooting motion from over here, right, to like doing it like this. He mm-hmm. did that well. And he's distributed the ball well. And again, he's out of L.A. Yes. He's out of his pop shadow. He's out of the re- expectations. He's doing him, which is great to see. So hopefully he keeps doing that. And I think 
But I do love this metal, this this uh Lamelo kid. Again, he has skills. He's the best at the drum. I mean, his dad said himself. I'll give Lonzo credit for Lonzo. But I give Levar credit for this. He said Lamelo was the best of the bunch. He did say that. Mm. You know what I'm saying? He did say that. And and we're watching his kids like tape what he did in Australian League. See, it's not what he did, obviously, in high school. It's not what he did in Lithuania. It's what he did in the Australian League. Australian League is said to be the more advanced, more physical leagues out there. That you're playing with grown-ass men. Mm-hmm. And he held his own. I mean, he averaged over double digits. Like, he averaged, what, 17? And, uh, like, seven rebounds, seven assists. It was those damn good numbers. Effect, yes. Yeah, yeah, oh, those damn good numbers definitely. for an 18-year-old kid. The 18-year-old kid who eventually was named the uh, the 2020 Rookie of the Year yes. in that league. Yes. He, he, he played extremely well. And I just heard a report last night that Andrew Bogut, former number one overall pick, yep. former NBA champion with the Golden State Warriors, mm-hmm. said that he is already an elite pro passer as of right now. Mm. And that speaks volumes based upon the guys that Andrew has already played <clears> with. Mm-hmm. Especially if you think about the guys that, that have played at Golden State. So right. if you have that type of passing ability, you get to um, to Charlotte, who is starving for star, uh, for star power mm-hmm. ever since Kimba left. So he has an opportunity just to step in and be that star for that organization. The right. key is how will he and that very young organization be able to mature while they're playing together? Yes, and that's the thing. So... I like this again. I like this pick for Charlotte. I mean, Michael Jordan actually got one right for a change. It looks like because <laughs> he's one of the more talented players in the draft. Yeah, and not the most talented player in the draft. So we'll see how that goes. And the good news is that team, as wretched as the Hornets are, <laughs> they do have talent. They got that kid from Michigan State. I forget that brother's name, but um, who had who had a stout, who had a pretty good last two years in the league. Um, so it has them to go on that. They're devoid of knuckleheads from where I, from where I could see from afar. And they and they got a decent coach who's from the Popovich tree. Uh, so, again, Storm the blank slate. You know, Charlotte's going the right direction. They actually made a, a pretty damn good pick for a change. Congrats to you, Michael Jordan, for not scoring this show. <laughs> so we'll see. Well, um, we, 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 it's time will tell, right? Because yeah. we don't know. You know, a, a lot of people like, of course, the, the, the talent from one through three. Right. A couple of the international players. But as of right now, we really don't know how they're going to pan out in the league. You know, they, we, they didn't necessarily – well, they didn't have a um, – what's the, 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 the camp that they normally have? And uh, well, the the, uh, the workout camp that they have in Chicago, mm-hmm. and then you know they they they're not going to have necessarily a preseason. They're not going to have um, a summer league to participate in. So they're really going to be thrown right into the fire with the league starting in about a month. So the thing is, wondering who will be able to adjust, right? And who will be able to deal with their their first year adjustment going into season two. So that's going to be very interesting to see what happens with this bunch, being that this is a situation that we're not used to. Right. And that's the thing. So we'll, we'll see. But, uh, but getting on to our teams, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Your beloved, I'm still going to call them the Bullets, damn it. Your beloved Washington Bullets and my moribund, yet beloved, New York Knicks. 
So let's let's start with the um, let's start with your 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 your, your wizards. I call them the wizards. So let's start with the wizards. Um, you drafted y'all drafted a kid out of Israel. Yes. Small forward. So what are your thoughts on him, right quick? You know what? Um, oddly enough, before the draft started, and then I'll go ahead and I'll confess. Okay. Um, I was out of the loop with a lot of the guys going into this year's draft. I will say, of course, with my HBCU coverage, I normally don't get a chance to watch your guys from the larger programs and the other mid-majors right. until the NCAA tournaments or until their respective conference tournaments. So since we didn't have that, I was really lost in the sauce. And then it didn't really help because, of course, the first three guys taken wouldn't have participated in the tournament anyway. So right. I really would have been out of the loop with these three guys uh, outside of what I heard about them throughout the media and a little bit of highlight film that I've seen of them. But like I said, going into tonight's draft, um, there was a brief discussion on international players. And when right. they talked about this guy, his name is, um, God, wow, that, that, that B and that D together is going to kill me for about a couple of months. <laughs> um, Benny, Excuse me. Ad, this is it. Avdija? Uh, Avdija. I'm I ain't going to try to pronounce his name. I, I, I'm not going to risk fucking it up even more, so I'm not going to disrespect him. Yeah, I'll so, call him D-Nice. Yeah, so uh, all the fans out there who are laughing at me with this dude's pronunciation, being that I didn't get a chance to hear his name pronounced during the draft, I'm going to go ahead and go with Avdija, and I'm hoping that it's correct. <laughs> but yes, Denny yeah. Avdija, he's six foot nine, two fifteen. They're saying he could play the four, which yep. would be wonderful because we need a big that can run the floor and, 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 and be able to attack the rim. And they're saying that this guy is capable of doing that. He's a, a, P, a power four, and they say he has a playmaking ability of a point guard. This says here, um, and I'm just reading verbatim what the, the oh, things are. Yeah, and his best operating out of, he's best operating out of the pick and roll where he is displaying excellent timing and vision. So this would be fantastic to see whether or not he'll be able to go up-tempo with John Wall. And I know there's a lot of questions with John Wall right now, whether or not he's going to be 100% or not, mm -hmm. or whether or not he's going to be with the team or not. But I doubt very seriously right now that they're going to trade him because I know that one of the assets that the Rockets wanted was that number, that was that number nine pick. Yeah. Um, but... It's going to be very interesting to see with this very youthful team that they have. One of the things that they did like to do last year and something they'll probably continue to do this coming year is run up and down the floor. Hopefully they're able to sign Dallas Bertans back so they can go ahead and add him, well, keep him as an outside threat. And if they can do this, they'll be a nice young team that'll probably compete something for that 6 7 four, eight spot in the Eastern Conference. And that's about as best as they can get as wow. of right now. Because I'm still saying that the East is on lock from one to five, whatever order you want to put it in, with the Bucks, the Nets, the Celtics, the Raptors, yep. and the Heat. Yep. I don't care how you put that five, that's <laughs> five right there automatic. Yep. Number six becomes a little bit of a question. And, God, who was that? Orlando played well last year. Yeah. Um. Who else made it? I mean, Indiana did okay. I Indiana, don't know. They're, they're like, they fired a, they fired my man Nick McMillan. Yeah, fellow Woodpacker, Nate McMillan. Why did I don't understand that. But anyway, there's Indiana, right? And who else? Exactly. So, you know. Philadelphia, it, maybe. I don't know the, if they ever okay, played I their way. I forgot about the Sixers. Yeah. So, mm, 
So yeah, the Wizards will be competing for the seven or eight spot. <laughs> one through six is already a lot. Yeah. Seven, depending upon because I don't I don't know who the Indiana Pacers have hired as their new head coach. You might know better than I do. They I think they hired um um uh, the former top assistant out of Toronto. They hired, ah, I think okay. they hired his ass. They they hired him. Uh, you know, Nick Nurse's guy, former guy, I forget his name. But anyway, okay, they hired so, him. They hired so him. yeah, it depends upon how they um mm. are, are capable of adjusting to 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 his style of play. And once right. again, no, a very short preseason, if any, and you only got a month, so they got to learn and learn quick. So mm-hmm. and we only have seventy two games. I shouldn't say only because it's only eight <clears throat> in the regular schedule. So that we have seventy two games. Um, they, they're jumping right into it. Depends upon how quickly they're able to adjust mm-hmm. and um, see how they compete as well. But yeah, you start getting into that that six, seven, eight spot. You're, you're looking at, like I said before, Philadelphia, Indiana, Orlando, Charlotte, right. Washington. Uh, you, you're looking at those guys right there that are mm-hmm. Detroit that are going right. to be battling for those last two spots. And it's going to be very interesting to see what happens if they're capable of, of doing just that. But I, I really don't expect much out of the Wizards um, in 2021. My hope is that they make it to the playoffs. <laughs> That's a hope. That's a real strong hope. But right. um, I, I completely understand that they're, they're still going through rebuilding stage. And I know that it's going to be very hard for them to, get, to attract free agents to come here in D.C., unless this team right here, what they currently have, can prove that they can play. Yeah. What are your thoughts on, before I move to my Knicks, what are your thoughts on that, that Japanese brother from Gonzaga? Um, oh, um, Rui Hachimura. Yeah, yeah. What are your thoughts on him from last season? You know, I, I like Rui. I got a chance to watch him a couple of times. You actually got a chance to see him live um, in a loss, unfortunately. But... Yeah. Um, <laughs> Right. Well, <laughs> man, I was a Knicks fan, but go ahead. Oh, man, I don't even want to relive <laughs> that game because they were actually up all three quarters to the Bulls and ended up, well, actually to the Cavs and lost that game late. But I digress. Um, Rui looked uh, real well. Um, I'm glad that he was one of the guys that, that um, I would say it helped not having John Wall and not having um, a, a Bradley Bill go into the bubble because it had an, it got an opportunity for those young guys to develop to and be. Yeah. Yeah. The, the the focal point in developing those eight games. Right. They, they, uh, I think they may have only won one, but right. they, they got a chance. <laughs> but they got a chance to go and they got a chance to play and they got a chance to learn in this system in real time. You right. know, playing against real bullets. Um, uh, Smith, the power forward that they have, who's probably going to end up um, sharing minutes with with your boy Denny over here from Israel. So it, it, it's going to be real interesting to see exactly what they do, um, what this very young team does coming up. But um, yeah, to answer your question, Rui, I like him, which is why I think they're going to end up moving him to the small forward spot and have him starting mm-hmm. um, there or, or probably switch it up where they have Denny playing the small and, 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 and Rui playing the forward, depending upon who's the smaller of the two. Right. Um, or it could be a situation where they just end up being positionless players um, and, and just having them two out there at the forward spots, um, being able to play with their back to the basket and being able to stretch the floor as well. So I want to see how Rui plays. This whole international connection they got 
with Denny and Rui um, playing in the front court. Yeah, yeah, that's good stuff. Um, <clears throat> yeah, um, I'll get to you. Where's this at momentarily when we talk about other potential um, uh, 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 personnel moves mm -hmm. in this hot stove league that's going on? Um, going to my Knicks, Obi Toppin. I seen this kid play at, at Dayton. Uh -huh. Kid's a baller. He's yeah. a damn baller. I mean, he dunking on cats in game, like in between the legs. He's the ultimate late bloomer. He didn't have any uh, uh, D1 offers coming out of high school, so he had a, he enrolled at a, prep, a preparatory academy and got offers there, albeit from mostly uh, called group of five uh, programs or, or, or uh, what you call those, not minor programs, but uh, mid-majors. Mid-majors, yeah, mid-majors, yeah. of mid-majors. Rhode Island, he got offered from Rhode Island. I think he got offered from Georgia. But okay. nevertheless, he chose to go to Dayton. Mm -hmm. And one of the casualties and the shame of last year's tournament, due to that damn, uh, like a cousin, uh, like, like an in-law calls it, the damn Dimmick, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we lost the NCAA tournament. So, if everything played out from what I read, Dayton would have been a top seed. It wouldn't have been the, the overall number one seed, but it would have been a one seed. Wow. And that would have given us opportunity to see this kid ball at a high level against high competition. I thought that they would have gotten far. I don't know how far they would have gotten per se, because they, they played Kansas during the year. They played a few other, other good elite squads. But then Atlanta, and Atlanta is a damn good league. I'm mm -hmm. not. I'm not bashing on the Atlanta team because basketball. They got a damn good basketball league. Yeah. It's, it's just not the ACC. I mean, what what is the ACC? What, who else is in the ACC or the Big East? But anyway, exactly. the point is, you know. But the point is, he balled out. Dayton balled out last year. I think they only lost one or two games all season. Mm -hmm. And you know they're on their way to a top seed in the tournament. And and you know COVID happened. So anyway, the point is, is that they is that Obi played well. He was graded higher than the eighth spot that he was drafted at. Now, mm -hmm. I would have loved to see him point, draft a point guard, you know, to, 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 to balance out that R.J. Barrett kid in the backcourt from Duke. Yeah. And we have a surplus of bigs right now, like Mitchell Robinson can really ball. I like mm -hmm. him a lot. But if you see talent, you can't pass up talent. No. You cannot pass up talent. And Obi, this this kid – this, this kid is it. And he's a Brooklyn guy, too. So you, I love that as well. He's a hometown <laughs> kid. Um, even though I still, even though the, the Nets are in Brooklyn, but I still call him New Jersey. I'm sorry. Judge me. <laughs> sue me. I've known him for New Jersey Nets for all up until three or four years ago. So whatever. But the point is, is that I will love this pick. Um, what, are you, what are your thoughts on how the Knicks did? And do you see the light in the tunnel with the addition of uh, Tom Thibodeau as coach as well. Yeah, and, and uh, of course, Thibodeau, um, hopefully he can come in and, and work that magic that he's had in other places in New York. Um, Obi Tobin was another one of those guys. That was one of the things I was hoping for for my Wizards, was hoping that a big mm. would fall to them. You know, <clears> there was a lot of talk that, you know, they would take a point guard, most notably yeah. the point guard out of, of Florida State. Yeah. But my thought was that they needed a big, to, to protect the rim right or at least be you know a, a, a high motor big that 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 can attack the rim and, and potentially stretch the floor and from what I was hearing Obi Tobin was one of those guys 
that can most definitely attack the rim right. and has that mid-range uh, 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 jump shot as well. So I was hoping that Tobin would fall down to, to nine, but I heard that he was going at around six or seven. For him to drop down to eight to the Knicks could just be a, a huge pickup for them. Um, and, and that's something that, of course, this organization is used to, having quality bigs there. Hopefully, Tobin could be one of those guys, another one of those guys. I'm hoping too. Um, so, look, I've been to the song and dance. <laughs> Seven straight years, I'm making the playoffs. We have a our last really good team. I'm looking at it right now. Probably the early 2000s when we had both Melo and Stoudemire. Yeah. We made that run to the second round. We lost to Indiana. Yeah. And that came this close to advance to the to the East Conference Finals to play the Miami Heat with LeBron and them. Yeah. Um, that was a long ass time ago. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and you know, I'm just waiting, and I'm like sad. My my moniker of some social media pages are sad Knicks fan, because I, I've been sad for the better part of the last 10, 10 plus years. Um, but hey, you know, you can't go anywhere else but up. Okay, <laughs> we finally got a coach that's worth a damn. We yeah. finally got Stooges out of front office for the most yeah. part. Okay, James Stolen is still our owner. But at least you got come to people. You got you got this road. You got Rose. This Rose Cat, um, who is known around circles, CAA, you know, with world with, with the likes of World Wide West. He, he's associated with the, uh, with him. If you don't, for those of you who don't know who World Wide West is, Google. You'll thank me later. Yeah. Um, the point is, is that you got him. Of course, you got the aforementioned uh, Thibodeau in there to really put a fire underneath these these kids and get the most out of them. So as long as Dolan doesn't do anything, doesn't go Dame Dolan and just stays the hell out of the way, as <laughs> long as he, those stitches in the front office who surround the Rose don't get in the way like they did with Fisdale, David Fisdale, um, I think that they'll be – we're not expecting them to, 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 to do any, anything that's worth a damn this year. But it's all about getting better. It's all about developing and make the Knicks attractive to free agents again. That's yeah. all. I, that's all I ask at this point, because it, yeah. it is what it is. Again, I'm a, I'm a pragmatist. It is what it is right now. So you got to start from somewhere. Just let it be. You just start with this, this damn good draft pick with Topin, with Topin, and let go over there. And one, one more thing before I turn it back over to you. You know that his dad was a street ball legend, right? Also named also named Obadiah. That's his full name, Obadiah. He was known as Dunko's Delight on a street wow. ball circuit in New York. Had no idea. Had yeah. no and they, idea. They showed his pops beside what well, I think is his, 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 his mom. And his pops looks great. His pops still looks fried. He looks mm -hmm. great. He's in good shape. So it's all about the genetics. So, hey, it's, maybe there's some, so maybe it's a sign in the air. Maybe it's a sign in the air that says, hey, there's hope. <laughs> Who knows? I will say this. I should have kept watching the interview that I saw earlier today with Tobin, um, Wiseman, mm -hmm. and Anthony Edwards that they did <clears> the <throat> streetball legend bone collector mm. that was on hoopshype.com that I saw earlier today. And they got to asking them a question about who was their favorite <clears throat> um, streetball player. Mm -hmm. Edwards got a chance to answer, and he said a, a guy that plays out of um, 
Atlanta. I think he said his name was Little D. And okay. I stopped the video at that moment. My guess is that Tobin's answer was going to be his dad. His dad, yeah. That's yeah. my guess. Mm -hmm. But um, it would have been very interesting to hear him talk about his dad because, you know, unfortunately, I'm just not familiar. Right. But to your point earlier about, you know, the Knicks and, and developing young talent, one of the and, and actually potentially attracting um, free agents to come there, you know already they have this battle with that in-town rival. I understand that you refer to them as the New Jersey Nets. Yes. But they, <laughs> they have become New York's team to everybody that is yeah. not a Knicks fan. Everybody that's not a Knicks fan, the Brooklyn Nets are <clears throat> New York's team. And as of right now, I mean, they're going to be grabbing the headlines because you, you got who you got there. And we already know what type of malcontent they both can be if things don't go well. And, and Kevin Durant. Basket and, cases, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, Total yeah. Total basket and, cases. And Especially it, Kyrie. Oh, yeah. Total I mean, cases. don't get me wrong. They got a lot of talent. I yeah. forgot about Brooklyn. No, do that, no, oh, no. I said Brooklyn was in that, that mix. Okay. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm lunching. I'm lunching. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, they, 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 they had that young core that, that played well in the playoffs without talent there. You know, and you can go ahead and just imagine what that team would be like with Kyrie and with KD. The thing yeah. is, though, it's going to be an issue. Then I've heard about it earlier today, is that Kyrie has already questioned uh, uh, the leadership of one Steve Nash already. So I'm like, come on, man. You, you, <laughs> I understand that. Um, yeah, they don't need to be coached. <laughs> yeah. If you think so, right? But I just, yeah, and I also yeah. understand that they have an elite group of assistants there that have more they experience do. than Steve. Yeah, Tony. Yeah, Tony's there. That's going to be huge. Exactly, right? So <clears throat> it's just going to be very interesting to see how they deal with that yeah. going into the season, well, going throughout the season, right. especially as it pertains to what happens with them in the playoffs and, and how they handle things. Because if that's an issue before the season starts, I can only imagine what type of situation that could potentially come. I'm if hoping for an implosion. Losing back to back games. I'm hoping for a damn implosion because what boss anybody I have a I have a quick quick story here. I have a neighbor down the street this yeah. way. He's for he's he's a Bostonian. Okay. So we're watching we has a, we had like COVID NBA game watch parties out my front yard, all right? <laughs> During the bubble. So we were talking, me, him. His name is Patrick. Me, like Patrick, myself, and a couple other cats. And you should see the, the look on Patrick's face when you brought the, the someone brought the name Kyrie Irving. And one time he voluntarily submitted it and wanted to get off his chest how mad he still is. As a matter of fact, his two words, I'm quoting him every time. I swear to God, when his name comes up, fuck Kyrie. That's Patrick's, <laughs> that's Patrick's, Patrick, Patrick says he's speaking on the half of the majority of Bostonian sports fans, he says, fuck Kyrie. It's real. They hate Kyrie oh, Irving. They're glad his ass is gone. They're laughing at Brooklyn as we speak, <laughs> especially after they heard that coach's comment. <laughs> he ain't with us anymore. He's your damn problem. <laughs> he, he's y'all's problem. Yo, yo. And, you know, I'm going to get back to his ass in a minute, but one, one last thing before we – like before we close this draft segment, Anthony Edwards, we didn't mention him. He went first overall to the Timberwolves, who mm -hmm. 
for some reason likes to draft first for some reason. But anyway, <laughs> when he, I don't know if you heard about this interview when he talked about like not really loving basketball. I heard about you, it. You heard about that? I didn't That's hear scary actual... for a top of all pick. That's scary. It's beyond scary. Yeah. To, to hear a guy say, you know, if the NFL came a calling, I'm dropping everything and I'm going. Yes. Yes. He's your boy. He's top. He's a top overall pick. And he's a top overall pick. Only played one year at Georgia. Didn't shoot well from the field. I didn't really see him much at Georgia. Georgia sucked, but still, he balled out in Georgia. God bless him. He balled out in Georgia. But still, you don't want your top of you want your top overall pick to love the game. You want him to love it. Yes. Breathe it. I just thought that was very interesting for him to come out and not just say that. Yeah. But to make that statement the day before the draft. Yes. He, he <laughs> Who does that? He's so, like, bruh. You get, like, bruh, you don't do that, man. Come on. I mean, he's 18. Look, I could throw every excuse out of the world. He's 18, 19 years old. But still, I mean, I'm like, damn. You want to talk about dodging a major bullet? Yeah. He dodged a major bullet because he risked millions by saying that one statement. Because all it would have taken was for one team to pass, for the, the, the team would have to pass on him mm-hmm. and people to scratch their Well, no, I don't think people would have scratched their head because if they would have went Wiseman, that would have been weird because they just probably would have put Wiseman at the four or if they would have taken LaMelo or whatever. But had he dropped past four, mm-hmm. people would have scratched their heads and you would have had no other choice but to wonder whether or not that statement, excuse me, would have played a role in him dropping. But Minnesota's taking their chance. They must be highly convinced that the NFL is not going to come calling. I will say this, if the Minnesota Vikings <laughs> uh, lose Kyle Rudolph and they decide that they want to go ahead and, and, and call – your boy Edwards up to play tight end. That's a huge possibility that dude might just say, you know what? Peace. Yeah. But, you know, I'm just being <clears throat> ignorant right now. But I'm just like, yo, you can't make that type of statement. Can you right. imagine if you're a hiring manager mm-hmm. and you hear someone say on the phone outside, that's right before they come to interview with you, mm-hmm. you know what? This job is cool, but I really want to be in a circus. So if the circus <laughs> give me a call sometime, man, I don't know. I might go ahead and just dump this job. Oh, man. Oh, Would shit. you take them seriously? I mean, I, no. I shouldn't call the NFL a circus. But right. I'm just saying, I don't think I would really take this dude serious because he's already telling you he has a potential foot out of the door if given the opportunity. But, hey, I, I hope it works. I hope it works for the Minnesota, for the Minnesota Timberwolves. I really do. Because, like I said before, this dude really dodged a bullet. He really dodged a bullet by um, when he said that statement. Yeah. Oh, and I lied to you when I said the last thing. Uh, Cole Anthony just got drafted by the Orlando Magic, and they showed a picture of uh, a video of him and, and his dad, Greg Anthony, who we yeah. all remember from UNLV and the next years. Oh, of course. Love them UNLV. Love them with, he's, I love him, period, because he's a Nick. Yeah. Life. Um, I was. I had this fantasy of Cole Anthony somehow dropping to number twenty-three, where we because because the Knicks have two drafts, two first rounders, right? Yeah. So they got to the twenty. They had the obviously the eighth pick and the twenty-third pick. 
So I was hoping for this, this silly fantasy of him slipping all the way down to 23. Obviously, that wasn't going to happen, and it didn't happen. So Orlando got a good guy. I saw him play at Carolina. He's a good player. He was hurt most of the year. I was sad for him that he got hurt. But I'm happy for him, happy for his family, happy for Grad to have the seed, and seed about to be in the league, too. So all good stuff right there, all, all good stuff right there. Moving from the draft to, to free agency and the hot stove leave, that's the NBA. <laughs> With all these tr- people wanting out, I mean, you got my – you have like Russell Westbrook run out of Houston. Houston's a big that is like ground zero for people wanting the hell out. Yeah. First he's got Russell Westbrook. Now James Harden wants out because apparently they didn't run shit by them both when they let go of um didn't bring that Mike D'Antoni and then let uh the analytics dude uh, uh Maury go mm-hmm. to Philadelphia. Yeah. Okay. And there's also word out that that the owner who is the the like founder and head of the bunch of restaurant chains, Partita, I think his name is, last name is. Okay. He's an ardent Trump supporter. Yeah. Who Trump donated Trump. a lot of shit to the Trank the campaign. A lot of that shit didn't sit well with neither those two guys nor the non-stars on the team. So mm-hmm. a lot of cats won out. And so it's a tricky situation there. But let's start with Russell Westbrook. I I, I wrote a Stilly ass rant on on my sports blog that I think the Knicks would be perfect to get him, mm-hmm. and it's amplified further that they didn't draft the point guard tonight, uh, especially that kid of, of Iowa State, uh, which I thought they're going to draft at first. He's a damn, he's a great point guard. Uh, Halliburton, yes. yeah, his last name is. So, point is, is that you know I don't know how much it'll rush will be to get him, being that he's still under contract. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if they if they had to give too much up for him, I wouldn't do it. But I, outside of that, if they didn't have to give up too much for him, I think that he would be good in the Nick uniform. He'd be box office. He has a lot of young talent. He'll have a lot of young talent around him. Um, imagine him running the pick and roll with, 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 a, with a Topin. Mm-hmm. Would be very nice. And he'll probably help the development of Archie Barrett as well, take the pressure off of him. So who do you think is the best fit for Russell Westbrook at this point? Wow, at this point, dude, I don't I really don't know. I really don't know. Because the last time we saw Russell Westbrook, at least in a successful situation or the most successful situation we've seen him in, was when he was playing with KD in Oklahoma City, right? So that means he would have to be in a situation where he's capable of getting a big that can help stretch the floor for him while he's attacking the basket. Because when you have two guys that, de- and also a guy who does not demand the ball right, um, in his hands as much as Westbrook does. Right. So it's going to be very interesting to see exactly um, who goes after him now mm-hmm. and what they're willing to give up. Now, like I told you before, one of the, the, the things, one of the bigger um potential draft situations that came up was sending Westbrook here to DC for John Wall and some other assets. So my guess is it's going to have to be something to that caliber, if not more to snatch Westbrook out of the hands of, of, of Houston, right. because you have to look at it like this. You got to look and see what the, um, the, the, the Pelicans got mm-hmm. for Drew holiday. Yeah. That was and a good trade. That was a good trade for uh, it, Milwaukee. It was. 
The no, thing no. is, though, like, and, and, and <clears> depending <throat> on, it depends on who you are, right? Because yeah. I'm in the book, I, I like death, yep. and I like young death, especially if you can continue to develop it and get this team together and, and get them to play as a team, right? Right, yeah. But I also understand that you win with stars in the NBA. You got to win with stars, man. And you gotta win the stars, man. That's one of the Come things. Yeah, that's one of the things <laughs> that the Milwaukee Bucks has sacrificed. Mm-hmm. They sacrificed their depth by sending um, Iliosova, um, uh, Hill, and um, Bledsoe out of Milwaukee to bring in the likes of uh, 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 Drew Holiday. Mm-hmm. So you got Holiday. You got. Um, uh, 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 what's your boy's name? Let me go ahead and get this right. So, yeah, matter of fact, yeah, uh, Bogdanovich out of <laughs> yeah. uh, 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 Sacramento. So, you got Holiday, you got Bogdanovich, you got Middleton, uh, Giannis, and um, the, uh, uh, the the Lopez brother uh, as your starting five. Yep. And that's a talented starting five. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing is, or the question is going to be how many minutes are they going to have to play? In order for them to to be successful this yeah. upcoming season, yeah, and, and and will they be able to handle that type of load throughout the entire year? I mean, they're young guys, but you know, barring injury, you know, how well will this team be, right. especially com- competing in this East, mm-hmm. which, like I said before, it's top heavy, mm-hmm. and and God, you're going to need every game in order to, um end up having one of the top four seeds. You crystal ball. <clears throat> what do you see? What do you what do you see? What do you see Westbrook at the end of the day? What do you see? Houston. Yeah. Houston. They don't have to move him. They don't they have don't, to move him. They, they got two more years on the contract. They don't they have don't, to move shit. They don't have to move him. <laughs> They're actually hesitant on moving him. Yeah. Unless they get their price, they're not going to get rid of either Westbrook or Harden Chief. No, um, I wouldn't either. Yeah, and, and and I really thought that it was pricey for Wall and the number nine pick to, for uh, for Westbrook because once again, this team needs as much talent on this team mm-hmm. as possible, right? Especially young talent and young and small contracts to bring in here to play and to have Westbrook. And and be without a ninth pick would have been just like having John Wall here, um, a, a slightly better John Wall that that doesn't have as good of a jump shot, and yeah. John Wall does not have a great jump shot. No, but he'll tell you he's been working on it. So we'll see how yeah, that works. He's always been working on. He always says he's, been he's, on. he's always been working. Now on speaking that, of you know. speaking of John Wall, there was talk about the the Wizards. I'm gonna get your thoughts on this. The Wizards trade him straight up. Westbrook, they got the same identical years of, on their contracts, uh-huh. the same dollar amount. Yeah, left on their contracts. A straight up trade for those two. What are your thoughts on that? You know what? If it was straight up, I probably would have taken it. And the reason why I would have taken it is because Westbrook is healthy and was not. Right. And you know, the, the people are saying that he's looking good, he's practicing well, but we haven't seen him in, in gameplay yet. So I still don't understand. But then well, I still don't understand how good he's going to look playing at NBA speed. Plus, right. there's already been discussion about uh, minutes limitations for him. So when you hear that, yeah, that's a red flag for me as well, which leads me for concern. So 
if that was going to be the situation, pull the trigger player. But all all of the other reports that I saw said that Houston was looking for additional compensation, which is why I'm like, mm, nah, that's all right. I, I'll stick with what I got and, and see <laughs> if that works. And if it doesn't work, then you know when that contract comes up, we can go elsewhere. Right. But um, yeah, I, I don't I don't know whether or not um, a team is going to be willing to give up a bunch of pieces. But we were talking about free agency. I don't know if you've seen, but there have been several deals that have been made already tonight where a lot of guys have already traded. Trevor Reese got traded like 15 times already. That's what I'm like, yo. What <laughs> What's he doing? What are he doing with them? There was talk that Trevor Reese was going to go to, uh, to, 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 what was it? Um, where was Covington last? Covington was in. Minnesota. Minnesota, yeah. Yeah, so there was talk that he was going to Minnesota. Yeah. Now he's going to to the Pistons. Yeah. Um, he God. went to Houston for a little bit. He's in, he's in Houston. <laughs> like, yo, oh, my God, Trevor Reese, I swear for Jesus, man. Uh, well, you know, he's a vet. He can play defense. Right. He can stretch the floor. He's not as great as he used to be, but he, he still can, can get you a couple of buckets when needed coming off the bench. But – um. Yeah, to your to back to the whole Westbrook thing. I don't I don't see anyone right now giving up what Houston wants and Houston I guess is content to deal with it. Same yeah. thing with, with um Harden. With, with with Harden. Yeah. I I'm, I don't, I don't see him going anywhere. The more I think about it, the more I look like he's gonna stay his ass in Houston. He has three more years left on this deal. Yeah. All right. We've seen um Cats like uh, Paul George get out his deal when he just signed this free agent deal. It's like, yeah, I'm glad to be in OKC. Then next time I turn around, I said, now nah, I'm going to the Clippers. I want out of here. <laughs> Give me to the Clippers so I can ball with uh, Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. Um, but to see – okay, first, Harden really wants to get to Brooklyn. Yeah. He really wants to ball he with his really boy. He really wants to go with Brooklyn. He really yeah. wants to ball with his boy, uh, KD. Mm-hmm. I don't know how Kyrie feels about that because his ass is going to be the third wheel. Yeah. And Kyrie has the third wheel. If you think he's crazy now, bruh, you ain't see crazy yet. That'd be the, the most combustive chemistry experience experiment in NBA history. I want to see it because I want <laughs> Brooklyn to implode, children in the borough of my birth, of my youth, of my mom's youth. But damn it, I'm in the, it's a Knicks town. I don't give a damn what anyone else says. Any New Yorker will tell you the New York is a Knicks town. It's not the next town. <laughs> Brooklyn is the next town. I'm sorry. But anyway, I got to get the all, all, all off my chest. But the point is, they Houston, Houston wants – look, to see how much um, Anthony Davis got yeah. and to see how much conversation was, was used to acquire Drew Holiday, mm-hmm. what do you think that James Harden is going to command? What do you think the conversation is going to be James with James? Dude, I mean, Brooklyn has the best package on paper. They, they're going to get the whole depth to get them, yes. right? Mm-hmm. Dimwitty, Karis LeVert, a couple other cats who played well in, in the bubble. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't get my depth for him, right? Mm-hmm. But it's out there. That's the best off on paper. I don't think Brooklyn wants to do that. So, you know what? It goes back to that conversation that I just brought up. Yeah. It depends upon what that GM believes. And yeah. there are a lot of people that believe if you got the talent, forget the depth, 
We'll deal with that later. We'll end up getting guys on the street to go ahead and fill up yeah, those, a bunch of ten day contracts. <laughs> no, yeah, but we we go ahead and we uh, lead with our our stars. Yeah, and but that also has to mean that that GM has to believe that Harden, Irvin, and and KD is enough not only to beat well to compete and win in the East, yeah, but to compete against the likes of LeBron, A.D., and Schroeder and the Lakers, uh, uh, Kyrie and Paul George and whatever they bring in with the Clippers, and everybody else in the West Coast. So if that's what they believe, I say do it, right? even though it's against my morals of, of basketball. But, you know, it, it, I, if that's what they believe, they're going to do it, and it'll be very interesting to see what they do. But the thing is, the media scrutiny that yes. that organization is going to face. Yeah. KD has never been in a situation to deal with that. Oh, he's going to be eating alive. If he had a hard time at OKC and, and San Francisco with the Warriors and Oakman, man, he ain't ready. He ain't, he's not ready. Again, it's going to be fascinating for me to see. Yes. Probably it's, funny as hell for me to see. It's going to be must-see TV <laughs> to see how that organization already has to deal with it. Right. But KD has issues with it. Kyrie, he got a little bit of, he got a little taste of it in Boston. Yeah. Boston media ain't New York media. No so he's going to have to deal with that too. Mm-hmm. And, and Harden ain't never had to deal with that type of media oh, no. either. Houston, come on now. Houston and Oklahoma City? Yeah. Nah. Come on, son. Yeah, he don't know. Come don't on, know son. So <laughs> I, I, I'm already feeling for the two guys that are already there. Yeah. Then you add a, a you add in the piece of, of, of Kevin Harden and then they, and they don't succeed. Yeah. Oh my God! Then you start seeing Bamos on the Brooklyn Bridge. And I'm, I'm hoping you know they they're not trying to do hard on themselves because it's not going to be nice dealing with with that with everything that's going to be said about them. KD had <laughs> he had <laughs> fake accounts on social media to clap back at people that had negative things to say about him. I can only imagine how the season is going to go. I can only yeah. imagine how the season is going to go if they lose back-to-back games. Yeah. Oh, uh, my God. It's about to be a bonafide shit show in Brooklyn. I mean, oh and plus, God. remember, Kyrie said that they don't need a coach. They can have collaborative coaching. And this is the same dude who said that the world, the, the world is flat. So, that's, yeah. Uh, you know what? As mad as I, this one was that my Knicks didn't get neither K, KD nor Kyrie, I'm like, thank fucking goodness. <laughs> thank God we didn't get those two. Them basket cases, man. Man, yo. <laughs> Brooklyn, tag, your asses are it. <laughs> We're going to be rebuilt over here with, with draft picks and doing it the right way. But you, you y'all, y'all can have all the fun. You can have the bad page. If your ass underachievers, which I think they will this year, mm-hmm. which I think they will, Hey, no. who knows? They, they're gonna have that back page to themselves. Yeah, they can you have know, it. The, the, the Knicks fans <laughs> are already accustomed it. to 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 the Knicks nicking. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it, it's it's not gonna be as fun of a circus, right? As the Brooklyn Nets are going to be. They're gonna be good, right? But with that good comes that show, right. and whether or not they're gonna be able to handle it is 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 the second thing that I'm going to have to watch coming in Brooklyn, because 
Yeah. I mean, it's, it's already written. It, it's already starting to write itself. Right. It's already starting to write true itself. True that, true that, true that. Um, let's close this NBA segment of the show with this. I don't know if you heard about this, brother, but um, <clears throat> the NBA, they're going to have some changes to the schedule this, this, coming, this coming season. Okay. The parallel is going to be released in two stages. I just, it just came across, I just came across my, my quote unquote desk uh, last night. Uh, basically, they're going to have two halves. Okay. They're going to the first half of the season, which will run from December 22nd, which is the start of the season now, to March 4th. Mm-hmm. Um, also, um, there's going to be a play in tournament at the end of the second half. Right. And the season's okay. gonna be 72 games long, which is good. 82 games is too damn long. I hope they stick with 72 games or a little bit less going forward. Um, but they're gonna have a playing game, playing play a tournament from May 18th to 20 to the 21st, uh, before the playoffs tip off the following day, May 22nd. And okay. what that means is is that I'm trying to go down, okay, it's gonna be these be two 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 sets of games, right? The seven, eight game. And the nine ten game, okay. The seven eight game will be between teams ranked seventh and eighth in the conference. Okay. While the nine ten game will feature teams ranked ninth and tenth. So what happened is that the winner of the seven eight game will advance to the playoffs. The loser will host the winner of the nine ten game, hmm. right? So it's going to be interesting. So basically, um, <clears throat> so basically whoever wins the seven eight game, they're they're in like flame. And you know if the, whoever loses that eighth to seven eight game, they have to fight it out with the winner of the nine to ten game to get in. Which I think that would be interesting because it'll make it a little bit more interesting, a little bit more exciting, mm-hmm. right? Even though those teams will, the team who finished eighth to go to the playoffs will have the the dubious right of getting their asses kicked in the first round <laughs> by whoever the top seed is. Same with the seven seed with the two seed. Yeah. But anyway, I thought it was very inventive. I thought mm-hmm. that the NBA is using, they're going to do a good job of using what worked in the bubble that made it a little bit exciting mm-hmm. and implementing that. I, we said, we both said this. And I said this with, with my other NBA cats as well, Kevin McEwen and Jared Singleton. Mm-hmm. Shouts out to them. That we both, we all said to a man, we were like, they should use this playing game going forward because mm-hmm. it was pretty damn exciting. People yeah. tuned in, people cared. So kudos to Adam Silver. He's probably the best uh, commissioner in the sports business. I don't care what anyone says. And I'm an NFL guy, so <laughs> he's better than Roger Goodell. But the point is, is that I, I, yeah, I, I like the forward thinking of the NBA in this. 82 games is always too damn long. Mm-hmm. 72 games, showing the 72 games is a great start. I think they should be around maybe 65 or maybe 70 at the most. Right. Well, 65 is illegal. Maybe, maybe 66 or 60 games to 70, but 72 mm-hmm. is a great compromise. Okay. Um, so this would be, again, this would be exciting. And as long as they keep, if they keep doing it this way and if it works, so I think it will work. Mm-hmm. If they do this going forward, draw more interest, generate more interest. That's great. In my opinion. I'll, I'll rebut that with this. Okay. So of course, Unfortunately, the purists are going to complain. Of course, we already, yeah, sure. we already have a situation where half the league already gets 
was already getting to the playoffs when you had the eight seeds both in the East and West. Right. Now you have a situation when you're adding an additional two more teams mm-hmm. into that situ- into that equation. Right. Now, the, the negative of that, of <clears> course, <throat> is now you have 20 out of 30 teams making it into your playoffs. That means five teams from each conference will not be. And, and people are questioning, oh, my God, is that a real playoff situation? Oh, my God, is it really worth it? But the thing is, you open it up to make it more competitive for two more markets to go ahead and continue to watch. And I'll say that it's smart, especially in these days, being that you lost the revenue that you lost right. with those last eight games and the playoffs of 2020. Right. And then whatever revenue that you're going to lose, in 2021, you'll regain that with the additional playoff revenue, I guess. Right. If, if that's cable, I don't, I don't know what the business um, model is going to be for that. But if you're able to get an increase on on, on playoff revenue somehow, some way, mm-hmm. or if they're able to open it up for fans to come in and make a little bit of money. Um, on attendance dollars that way, because I know we're not going to be able to have full arenas come May or May, June. No, this shit's going to go on deep in the next year. This COVID-19 is going to go on deep in the next year. I I hope that it doesn't. I'm praying that it doesn't. You know, reports have come out today. I forget what pharmaceutical company has a vaccine that's currently... Pfizer, I think. That's 95%. Effective. Uh-huh. The thing is, of course, is going to be whether or not you're going to be able to convince people to take it. Yep. So that's going to be the other thing too. But my hope is that by the time the playoffs start, that they'll start. They'll be able to allow more fans into the arenas. Right. If they do, that's just two more teams that, or at least two more games that you'll get with additional teams to go ahead and, and get attendance dollars that way along with your traditional playoff money. Right. So that's a way to go ahead and make up for what you lost, make up a little bit from what you lost in the, in, in the previous season and leading up to the playoffs in this year. You know what? Like there's some, there's some reports that uh, the Golden State Warriors are going to allow – they're going to start with a small percentage of fans. Mm-hmm. And I think the, court, the, year, the days of the courtside seats are over. Oh, yeah. They're, 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 they're done. They're gone. Yeah. So you, your ass is going to be no lower. Like, if you're in the lower bowl, you're not. You're going to be at least halfway up. Yeah. You're not going to be anywhere near the floor going forward. I think it's going to be that way going forward, hmm. to be honest with you. Because the NBA wants to figure a way to make money. I mean, they got smart people running. They, they're going to figure a way to make more money, get more, more revenue. So, especially with the, the incidents with some fans in the past and the right with players, the dubious fashion, mm-hmm. combine this with COVID. Now, I think that's going to be, yeah, it's going to. I don't think we're going to see coastline season anytime soon. Um, it's interesting that you bring that up, yeah. Because if they do away with that, I think the second thing that they're going to end up doing away with that has become um, kind of in vogue in all sports, yeah. well, in, the, in the in in three of the major four. I don't know if hockey does it, but I know Major League Baseball has been doing it for some mm-hmm. time now. I know the NFL has been doing it. Um, for the past couple of seasons, and the NBA has gone to do it, which is standing room only situations. Mm. So if they're getting rid of – if they're potentially going to get rid of uh, uh, courtside seats, I think that's going to be another thing that they get rid of because, of course, with the standing room only, 
you have you're not going to have a bunch of people, mm-hmm. well, depending upon who's playing, right. but you're going to have people in close proximity to one another, and that's something they're probably going to want to end up getting away, um, ended up um, doing away with for some time. Yeah, that's that's those days are gone. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just so gone. Well, as I mentioned, I'm I'm interested to see how this will work. I think it's going to be drive drive more excitement for the league. I think yep. the league come off of a great bubble. Mm-hmm. I mean, this, the the thing that they the the, the only professional sports league that had the very minimal amounts of COVID incidents, right? And mm-hmm. aside from a boy bringing that chick to the room, <laughs> <laughs> he's trying to get a swirl. He had those camp eyes, I tell you, those camp eyes, those hey. camp eyes. If you hadn't seen any women for a long time, if you see any female, you're going to, again, that five is going to turn to a nine or a 10. That's those camp eyes, I'm telling you. But anyway, uh, so this will be interesting how the NBA is going to handle that going forward. We're going to close out the show on this, man. We're going to talk some NFL. I'm not going to get too much of the games, mm-hmm. you know, we, but because it's one thing that I'm, I wanted to get to last week, but it happened got a little bit later last week. But this, hire, this, this minority hiring with the NFL, I don't know if you've you probably seen this, where there's a proposal where the owners passed a resolution, resolution Mm-hmm. rewarding teams for developing minority coaches and executives, right? So mm-hmm. what's going to happen is, is that <clears throat> teams are reading from the NFL.com website. Teams that lose a minority coach or executive to a head coach or a general manager job with another team will receive a third-round compensatory pick for two consecutive years. And if a team loses a minority coach and an executive to head coach and general manager jobs, that club will receive a third-round compensatory pick for three consecutive years. So basically a team is eligible to receive jack pick compensation if the candidate in question has been, quote, employed by the employer club for a minimum of two years. Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> basically they're gonna use this to drive up the hires of black coaches as well as female coaches. The, as vice president of football operations, Troy Vincent has been really instrumental of doing this behind the scenes, uh, have been doing it. So, I, I was watching uh, the podcast I Am Athlete yes. on YouTube. And for those of you who hadn't seen I Am Athlete, check it out. It's a great podcast. You don't know what you're missing. You need to check that shit out right now. Yeah. Yesterday. Should have checked it out yesterday. <laughs> um, but they were talking about that. Uh, he, like uh, the host, uh, Brandon Marshall, along with Shannon Crowder, mm-hmm. uh, 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 Chad Johnson. Uh, Fred Taylor, who tormented my Steelers for years. I haven't forgiven him for that with the Jacksonville Jaguars. And Terrell Owens was a special guest on there. Oh, so was, Terrell Owens was on this one? Okay. Yeah, was, he was on it. And they, they did a great job. But they were talking about other things, but I really love the conversation that they spent on this subject. It's a very specific subject. Mm-hmm. It's like a firm, it's like, it's like people derive it as a, uh, as a, as a firm of action in the NFL. But people don't understand, like in front of actual real life, it's not about the guarantee, it's mm-hmm. the opportunity mm-hmm. to give these brothers and women opportunities mm-hmm. to like get in front of owners who don't look like them, who are now of the same gender. Because let's, 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 I mean, let's be real, man. People will hire who they're comfortable with. You're comfortable with the own. Yeah. That's just the bottom line. We yeah. don't have any black owners. We don't have any female owners. Well, we mm-hmm. have one female. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, the late, the I think the Ford family. There's a Ford family. Is it? Uh, it's, or am I thinking about Chicago? I'm thinking about Chicago. I know Chicago has a female owner, but she's old. She's like in the 80s. Um, Jenny Bus. Jenny Bus with the Lakers. Yeah, 
Yeah. I'm talking about Bob with the NFL, but oh, Jeannie Butler sorry, is the DA. Oh, yeah. okay, NFL, yeah. Ford family, yes. Yeah, the Ford um, family is matriarch. And I think in, I think oh. in, in Tennessee, I think uh, but the late Bud Adams' daughter, I think she runs a team. Okay. I think she's the owner now. Hmm. So, yeah, three, with the, along with Virginia McCaskey, and, and I think she, if she's still alive, she should be running the, the Bears. I'll look that up later. But anyway, you have two to three female owners in the league. So if you have females want to get involved, that's fine, but they have to come up the pipeline, yeah. right? And the people who are doing the hiring, besides the owners, are the general managers. Mm-hmm. You're talking about coaching. So the, most of your general managers are white. Most yeah. of your owners are white men. White, yeah. And a lot more are conservative, rich white men. So the thing is, is that if they don't, and this is the realest part about this, if you don't look like them, if you don't speak the language, so to speak, they're not going to be as comfortable with, with you, right or wrong. That's just the way it is. So at least this rule as, <laughs> I don't want to say it as tokenism as it is, because you hope that you hope that these brothers are looked at on the merit. There are yeah. a lot of deserving head, there's a lot of deserving black assistant head coaches that that I mean Eric Bieniemy. He's calling the plays now in Kansas City. Yeah. Right. Other people that came out of from Andy Reid's tree, like uh, Doug Peterson, for example, uh, with the yeah. Eagles, he was the offensive coordinator, but he didn't call plays. Mm-hmm. Andy Reid, until the last two years, called the plays. And I think he handed over the call playing duties to Eric Bieniemy to give him the experience because he does, he knows he deserves a head shot, a shot as a head coach. Mm-hmm. And so with a team with jobs opening up in the offseason, if things are looking great for cats like Bieniemy, um, um, Brian Leftwich and yeah. out of Tampa, he's the office mm-hmm. coordinator. Mm-hmm. So those two guys, years ago, Pip Hamilton, I thought was on that step, was on that track before. You know what? I asked they did that, him wrong in Indianapolis. Yes, I asked that years ago, right? Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, and I think I may have said it on the show before, yeah, right? I, I questioned um, a, a couple of, of of local guys that have um, local guys in the media that have. Uh, experience covering the entire NFL about right. Pep Hamilton yeah. and um, his future as a head coach in the NFL. And at the time, of course, the, the excuse that was given to me was that he didn't have an, enough experience. Yeah. Only for uh, Jay Gruden to be hired by the Washington football team. Right. Who, in my opinion, had about the same about the same amount of experience as one Pep Hamilton. Exactly. And I, I, but the I, last name, Gruden, he got that last name. Ding. He got the he, last name. He got the last name, and he got yeah. he got a different skin color. So, yeah. um, I, I I don't want to blame it on the skin color, <clears> but he does have. Uh, I uh, but stop that. Rewind that. Okay. I don't want to blame it on the skin color, <laughs> but it's easy to. Yeah. And also, he has that last name, which we mm-hmm. can also attribute to that because that's one of the things that was discussed was which Bruton brother was going to come here mm. to be the head coach here. Mm-hmm. And of course, we we got the lesser of the two to to to, to come, right. but um, but because both of the Grudens have a relationship with one Bruce Allen, so once again, it goes back to who you're familiar mm-hmm. with. And I talked about this as it pertains to coaching, as it uh, pertains to uh, to who you bring into your front office. It also goes down to the players that they they sign. Mm-hmm. You know, I talked about that about. 
the, the lack <clears throat> of FCS players who were drafted in this past year's draft, which is right. probably going to be the same case as it comes as it pertains to the 2021 draft, because unfortunately the FCS guys have to play in the spring. Right. So that number is going to go down drastically again. So, um, yeah. The thing is, yes, they need to get an opportunity. They need to get in front of people. They need to go ahead and talk to them. Mm-hmm. But one meeting is not enough. It helps, but it's not enough because they're still going to go ahead and revert back to what's comfortable unless it's going to be someone who's going to be willing and daring to take a chance on someone that wows them. Uh, if memory serves me correctly, Mike Tomlin was one of those wow guys. Mm-hmm. He went to Pittsburgh. Yes, yes. And, and that's why he got hired. Yes. Um, who else? Uh, 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 uh. God, what is his name? Used to coach with the uh, the Colts. Um, African-American coach that used to be in. Tony Dungy was another wow guy yeah. when he got hired yeah. in, um, in Tampa. So yeah. it, it, it's just one of those situations where, yes, it's great to do it, but it needs to happen more often. And I really am not a fan of necessarily giving compensation to teams for them to do something that they should be doing anyway. Mm-hmm. Because it kind of cheapens it. And right. it seems just like teams are going to potentially be doing it just so they can get compensation or getting themselves into a situation so they can get compensation. And I really don't want to see that. Because as, as, as good as, as, as an idea as the Rooney rule was, it's been bastardized yeah. over the past couple of uh, seasons. Yeah. And it's really not working the way that it should be. But to your point... They tokenized it. They have tokenized. They tokenized the hell out of it. And I hate to see it happen. I really hate to see it happen. And and to answer your question, the the female owners in the NFL are Virginia Hallis McCasey for Chicago. Right. Like you said. This one, I'm a little ashamed you didn't know. Uh Uh-oh. Patricia Rooney for Pittsburgh. Oh, well, I I thought it was – well, I I, I guess – what's his name? Um – What's the name of the Rooney? Not Al, but not Dan, but Art, Art Rooney the second. Art Rooney the second. He's the he's the figure. He's he's a visual guy. He's the guy yeah. you see. But the uh, Rooney family, yes. Yeah, they own it. Yeah, the Rooney family, yes. I think Art Art Rooney the second. He's a figurehead. He's not the figurehead, but he's a guy who's out front and center. He's out front that's, and center. Yeah. He's a guy everyone everyone knows. He's a guy. Gotcha. Everyone knows. He's gotcha. A guy. So, but, but anyway, so that's yeah. What I, that's why I, I that makes a little bit more sense than if, uh-huh. if it's a family run situation. Okay. Yeah. Um, other two, Norma Hunt in Kansas City. Yes. And of course, like you said, uh, Martha Ford for the Detroit Lions. Yes. So there you go. Yeah. So at least women yeah, got it man, going. <laughs> I, 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 God, man, I just wish it was a different way. And I applaud Troy Vincent for continuing. <clears throat> To do things to to make the league. He's doing a damn good job behind the scenes. You got yes, he is, especially as it pertains to making sure that those that don't necessarily get an opportunity, as much as they should, get more of an opportunity. If you look at the HBCU combine that he's spearheaded to this initiative that's going on here, yes, he's doing whatever he can to make sure that those that normally won't get an opportunity get pushed out to the forefront so they can be seen. And so they can get a chance. And I'm loving it. The thing is, like I said before, I just hope that people don't cheapen it just in order to get rewards. Yeah. You got I mean, God, this is so tough. This is so damn tough. 
you don't if you cast like the enemy mm-hmm. you don't want to you don't want to be seen as a charity case you no. you want to be judging on merit and you should mm-hmm. and you should of course i mean any any individual man woman whoever yes but this is just ridiculous to have the enemy first of all lose out to like get not getting hired getting passed over for for a judge for joe judge yeah what the fuck is I wouldn't when they when they when the Giants hired him, they was like I was, my first words in my mouth were, who the fuck is Joe George? Joe Judge? Who the fuck is this dude? And you know, look, I knew they okay, granted, special teams coordinator with the Patriots. Mm-hmm. That's that he's he's attached, he's, it's like he's attached to who you know who? Bill Belichick. Another one, another another networking guy, another one that gets you in the door. And you know, he's having the the Giants are playing better. I'll give him that. Yeah. But still, come on. I mean, it, it, it's so it's it's just it's just so tough. I got a story about Mike Tomlin right quick. When you mentioned his name, mm-hmm. he was he was interviewed. He also interviewed with the uh, Dolphins, hmm. and you know, and the Dolphins said that he was too hip hop. Those were the words of critiquing one Mike Tomlin. They called him too hip. True story. And they end up going with guess who? The immortal Jeff, I think his name was Jeff Philbin. Jeff Philbin, yes. Yes. And we know yes. how that turned out. Yeah, we do know how meanwhile, turned out. Yes. Meanwhile, Tomlin has, I bet on, you know how much I bet on Tomlin when, he, when his teams play to the competition's level, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. That frustrates the hell out of me. He did it against Dallas this year. I was <laughs> like, you can't lose a fucking Dallas. I don't. I know too many Cowboys, but I wouldn't hear the end of it. But anyway, oh. but the point is, is that Tom, 14 years in, has yet to have a losing season. No. He has yet to have a losing season. And, and they were on, on the beat last year, and he was capable of turning that team around and, yes. and keeping them from doing so. So, yeah, that, that speaks volumes, especially for a team that did not have a competent NFL quarterback right. for the, the last half. We were season. eight and five. Keep, keep in mind this. A team led by Mike Mason Rudolph and some dude named Duck. We were eight <laughs> and five at one point. We were eight and freaking five before reality caught up to us. We lost the last three games to fall, fall to eight and eight. But still, we were eight and five at one point last year with two incompetent quarterbacks. Yeah. That should tell you something about Mike Tomlin. Mike effing Tomlin, man-child. Wait a minute. Matter of fact, I want to go ahead and say it wasn't Philbin. I want to say it was Nick Saban that was the highest. Was that long? Was that long? Was that, because that when, long when was, um, it was when two, was, what was uh, 2006 Mike or something like that. 2006? 2006 season. Yeah, that would be Nick Saban. 2007. Okay. Yeah. Oh, my bad. Oh, my, my bad. But, but we still know how that turned out. Nick Saban left in the middle of the night. Yeah, to coach Alabama. <laughs> yeah, that was that was yeah. He was two and done. Yeah. yeah. As a matter of fact, the, the the Dolphins have gone through one, two, three, four, five, uh-huh. six, seven. They're on their eighth head coach since. Wow. All because your boy was through hip hop. Wow. Yeah. But at least it took him. To, it took him fourteen plus years. Not fourteen plus years, but it. But at least they got it right. Appears they got it right with Brian Flores. It's looking that way. Yeah, I'm hoping that it, it, it well for, for coach's sake, 
you know, coaches is, is really riding high on the fact that they're on this five-game win streak. Yeah. And, my God, if they win this six this week coming, and I think they have the um, the Denver Broncos this week That's coming up. That's a win. It, it should be a win for them. <laughs> That's just, just a win. Um, yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see how, how Coach lives this up because it, it's looking like, you know, if the Bills could potentially lose a couple of games here and there, that it might be the Dolphins' division to take. I mean, the Dolphins are already in the playoff hunt right, right. now. They're, they're, matter of fact, I think they're currently the sixth seed going into the playoffs. So if that is the case, um, if they can continue to do that and continue to play this way, especially under um, Tua Tonga Vialova, yep. it'll be very, very interesting to see how this team goes on, not just for the rest of the 2020 season, but to see how this team develops. But he's Flores is one of those Belichick guys. Yeah. And we see – actually will work out. <laughs> yes. I, I was just about to say that. We've seen in other Him situations, yeah. you know, where being a Belichick guy has not worked out. Right. Matt Patricia, uh, what's your boy's name? Um, Charlie Roman, Weiss failed tremendously. Uh, Weiss has, has failed. Yeah. Um, Roman has failed. Yeah. God, who and as much as I like this guy, he, even though he had a couple of good seasons, uh-huh. um, Eric Mangini. Mangini has yeah. failed. I like him a lot, too. But he told I like him on TV. Genius, right? Remember yeah. that? He was supposed right. to be the man genius. Exactly. Um, the, 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 the old coordinator that's in, in New England now has failed. Yeah. Um, so it, Josh McDaniels failed. Josh McDaniels. So it's, it's not about Romeo Cornell getting, failed. Romeo Cornell. Yeah, I keep calling him Roman. It's Romeo. Yeah. Um. So it's 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 not about getting the guys that's on the tree in some cases. Sometimes you just got to go ahead and get the tree instead of trying to take the fruit because sometimes yeah. the fruit rotten. <laughs> I'm just saying. Well said. Hey, man, believe it or not, this went off without a hitch. <laughs> this video went off without a hitch. You got to do it. I don't know why I didn't think of this shit a long time ago, but hey, it's been fun. So oh, knock on wood. Fun. Hey. Nothing else bad will happen while we're on, on video. Hey, you know, I, I'm not going to say anything bad happens. Uh-huh. I'll say this, though. We'll be a lot more expressive during oh, yeah. the video. Oh, yeah. It's going to lead to more <laughs> interesting shows. I guarantee it. All right, man. Hey, man, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, man. We'll do this again soon. Most definitely. And I'll say this. It's great seeing you, Scott, because I rarely yes. get a chance to see I know. You I know. So it's yes. wonderful seeing you, brother. You got it. Same here, man. Check yeah. it out. All right. Y'all, please check out this man's, this brother's uh, sports blog. Y'all, such as HBCU Sports, the rest about all things HBCU Sports, as well as Sleazy Radio every Tuesday night on Facebook Live with the crew. Yeah. It's very entertaining. And also check out his work, please, on heroesports.com. We write about FCS sports as well as especially football as it pertains to HBCUs. And um, as for the show itself, we are, we're about to be on YouTube. I'll put the YouTube channel link in the description later on. Also, please check us out on uh, iTunes, subscribe there. And also, don't forget about the merch. Hey, <laughs> the merch. Go to cafesports.com backslash the clown, the clown times, clown spell with a K. All one word, no spaces, no hyphens, no underscores. So until next time, and also one last thing, guys, stay your ass at home 
if you guys have to go out, wear a damn mask. Wear a mask. Wear a mask, please. <laughs> so I get to travel again, do shit. I may not get to Thanksgiving because you guys. So please stay at home, wear a damn mask, get tested, wash your hands, and be safe. Until next time, until next week, peace. Peace. All right.